Good morning, everybody. Um, it's good to be with you. It's always good to be with you. If you don't know me, my name is Joel, and I'm one of the pastors here uh, overseeing communities and spiritual formations. And one of the things, if you, if you haven't gotten to know me, I love personality tests. I love, um, and I think our culture actually does too. So I'm um, an Enneagram 7. I am an ENFP on the Myers-Briggs. The sevens are all like going, yes, right? Uh, ENFP, on the DIS test, I'm a high I. I'm an influence, influence is really high. And then on my strength finders, I have Wu, which is like winning over others. And individualizer and activator. I have a ton more of these like personality tests and inventories I've done. And I love it um, because it tells me a little bit about who I am. Our culture, in the same way, does it too. Um, and so we get wrapped up sometimes a little bit too much into uh, these quizzes. I was looking online, and there's this BuzzFeed, uh, 30 best BuzzFeed quizzes to get to know yourself better, right? It's like there's quizzes for everything. And admittedly, um, I, it can be problematic, right? If we are seeking out these tests and looking out for all these things just to affirm and say, please tell me how good I am, that's a little bit narcissistic, right? But God has also given us gifts and talents and all these personalities so that we can actually know ourselves better, and by knowing ourselves better, we can understand how we're wired and how God has called us into flourishing in the kingdom. So we're going to start a new series, and it's called Gifted for More, is what we titled it. Um, this series, as Christians, we, we serve a good God. We say we serve a good God who freely gives good gifts. Part of being made in God's image is to be made with gifts and talents that help reflect the nature of God and the character of God in this world. Let me say that again. Part of having these good gifts is to help reflect his nature and his character to the world. Whether someone is yet to follow Jesus or someone is, has been a follower of him for decades, we can all discover that we are gifted for more. That's why we're naming it Gifted for More. Right? These gifts are not just for us to kind of tell us how good we are or just, to, like, just accumulate and um, use for ourselves. It's, it's actually, we're gifted for more. And so this series, we're going to take you through that. So as we go into this series, I, I want to acknowledge something. Um, as, this, the, as the teaching team gathered and we talked about that, man, we're, we're talking about spiritual gifts and how, to, how this works, we have to acknowledge that um, in the past, the church has fallen short when teaching gifts. This is what I mean by that. Um, the focus on the gifts uh, in the church has usually been used to say, hey, you need to do more in the body of Christ. Like, those gifts were to build up the church and build up the, the family of Christ. That's true. 
Yet, when we do that, we neglect actually the gifts that God has given us for greater purpose, for a grander vision, a picture of gifts being used in, used to speak of nature of God and how he's designed us, to live our fullness out wherever we are at, inside the church as well as outside the church. So our gifts are, are for our family, our gifts are for our workplaces, our gift is for our community that we live in. Wherever you are, we have been given gifts for kingdom flourishing. So where do we start when we're talking about gifts? If you're like me, which some of you are like sevens and ENFPs, all that, right? But if you're like me, what, uh, what I want to find out is what are my giftings and then how do I use them? Right? I'm an influencer. I'm action. I, I want to do something with the gifts I've been given. So tell me what it is and then tell me what to do with it. But the challenge actually is this. Before we go to what they are and how I use them, the challenge that I'm going to ask you to think about is what, uh, to think about this, <laughs> sorry. The giver of the gifts. We need to start with the gift giver before the gifts. In other words, I want you to be looking at our being, our being like who God is, and in light of that, who we are, before our doing, before we go out and we activate these things, these gifts, and live into who God has made us to be. So today, we're going to talk about our being. Who is God? Who are we in God? Because that's going to actually inform us more about what we do with our gifts. The big idea today. I want, when we walk out of here, if you don't remember what, what I talk about, like this one point, this overarching theme is our view of God, the, gift, the giver of gifts, our view of God shapes how we see ourselves and others. Our view of God shapes how we see ourselves and how we see others. And we're going to land in Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. So if you have your Bibles, you can open them there, or you can read with me and follow up here. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. And you were dead in your trespasses and sin, in which you once walked, following the course of the world, following the prince of power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved 
and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages we, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in, Je in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 is packed full of theological concepts. You can sit for months and just sit in Ephesians and still like, it, it's just so thick and rich. But what I want to walk, uh, you to walk away with today is that there's three, three things that are happening in this passage. I want us to look at being confident in God's character and how it changes us. The first, the first point is this. Confidence in God's character changes our relationship with God. In Ephesians 2, right at uh, the second verse, it says, God is rich in mercy and has a great love for us. He loves us so much that even when we were considered dead in our sins and disobedience, God gave us life through Jesus. God gave us life through Jesus. That is a gift. So God has this rich mercy and this great love for us. In verse 8 and 9, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one can boast. You see, salvation is not a reward for doing good things. Nothing that we have done can give us, can, can earn us salvation. It is a free gift. We can have confidence that God is good and good, gives good gifts. The gift of salvation is undeserved, unearned. That's why it's called grace. But some of you might be thinking, okay, so what does that have to do with the, the gifts that we're talking about? What, what are even the gifts that we're talking about when we're saying you've been given gifts? Not just salvation, not just redemption, but, but what are the gifts? So I'm going to test your, your Bible knowledge, and I'm going to have you go. I want you to, to just kind of shout out some of the gifts that you know. If you've been in church, if you grew up in church, some of you already know some of those gifts. So shout out some of the gifts that, um, that you can remember. And I'll probably repeat it for the people on Zoom that won't hear it. Anybody? Gifts. What was it? Okay. T tongues, gifts of tongues. We won't touch that one today, but any other gifts? Canis, <laughs> you would always go with it. Okay. Any other gifts? Evangelism. Hospitality. Worship. Teaching. 
There's lots more. Encouragement. Apostleship. So apostles. Prophecy. I thought this was actually going to go flying, like, but it's okay. We're shy. It's all right. So, so all these gifts, right? Exhortation, administration, generosity, uh, wisdom, faith. I have a list here, so it's not just coming off my, my mind. Um, all of those things are gifts from God, right? We, already, we talked about the, the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, but the gifts that we're talking about in this series is, is all these things. Which one or which ones are the worst gifts? <laughs> Tongues. Tongues can be confusing, right? There are no bad gifts. Right? There, there are no bad gifts. There's no worst gift. There's no best gift. They're just gifts. All these gifts are reflections of the character and the goodness of God. So whether you have tongues, whether you have wisdom, whether you have discernment, apostleship, all these things that we shouted out, they're all good because they come from who? They come from God. And God is good. God has deposited some of these gifts in you. Even before you believed or you followed Jesus, because God is good and He is the giver of good gifts. We can have confidence in God's character. We can have confidence in God's character. Number two. Confidence in God's character changes our relationship with ourselves. How? Well, if you look at verse 1 through 2, 1 and, th- through 1 and 3, right? Ephesians 2, 1 and 3. Verse 1 says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. You once followed the course of this world. Verse 2 is, You, f- you filled your lungs with uh, p- polluted beliefs and then exhaled disobedience. That, that version is from the message, right? When we were talking about like the spirit like, of this, it's like your lungs were filled with polluted beliefs, and then you exhaled disobedience. Do you ever feel like there's this constant battle in your mind on how you think about yourself? We battle the stuff in our minds. Many of us have talked about like imposter syndrome, where we we're asked to do something, we step up, and we just don't believe we should be the one doing what we're doing. We feel inadequate. We feel like we're not enough. On the flip side, sometimes you step into spaces and you feel like you're too much that people can't handle you because you are just over the top. This can be one of the hardest mental battles to overcome. We're caught in this self-talk that is destructive and unproductive. 
we can get stuck in the cycles of self-doubt and self-loathing. Friends, we need to be reminded of the character of God and how he changes our relationship with ourselves. Verse 5 and 6 says, But God in his mercy made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I can't even fathom that. I can't even visualize that. We're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus because of his mercy. Second Peter describes it like this. Second Peter 1 through 3, this might be a familiar passage. He has given us everything you, we need for life and godliness by the Spirit of the one who calls us. He's given you everything you need. But we still battle here, right? Christ's death and resurrection was the ultimate gift exchange. Christ redeemed not only your life, not only your salvation and, and where you're going and where you're headed, but he also redeemed the gifts and the talents he made you into someone who can be used and someone who can use those gifts to do good works prepared for you in advance. So have confidence that God is good and he doesn't make mistakes. God is good and he doesn't make mistakes. For some of you, you might need to hear this word. You are not a mistake. You are not a mistake. Some of you have grown up and people have told you that you are a mistake, that you're not enough, you're not good enough, you're not what you were supposed to be. You are not a mistake. Others of you need to hear this. Your mistakes don't define you. God's redemption actually refines and redetermines your mistakes. He redeems those mistakes. You are not your mistakes because God redeems your mistakes. Sometimes we are in the way. Our thinking, our upbringing, we get in the way. Confidence in God's character changes our relationship with ourselves. Point number three. Confidence in God's character changes our relationship with others. Changes our relationship with others. Have you ever been in conflict with gifts that other people have that they've been given or not given here's an example sometimes we want people to possess gifts that they don't have you find yourself saying i wish my kids were more like or you find yourself saying i wish my mom and dad were 
more like or could be like this. Sometimes we just want people to possess gifts they don't have. Sometimes we wish people could scale down their gifts. I wish my dad didn't stop and talk to every stranger in the store. <laughs> I'm sorry, kids. My coworker is too much. They don't know when to stop giving ideas and tinkering. Sorry, coworkers. But yeah, if there, sometimes we're not enough. We, we want people to have gifts that they don't have. Sometimes they have gifts that we don't want them to have. There's this battle that we face when we're interacting with people, other human beings. Ephesians 10 says this, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has done a good work in you. We said that already. And he has done a good work in other people. God's gifts aren't just about you, but about everybody else around you. You see, when we have these thoughts and these conflicts going on in our minds, we actually have centered ourselves. We've put ourselves in the center of the focus. We become the focus. And then we say, I wish they were like this. I wish they were like that. I wish they weren't like this. I wish they weren't like that. When we're at the center, we want others to be like what we want them to be like. When we decenter ourselves, we take ourselves out of that and we place Christ in the center again. And we center God. We are able to see how He has gifted each individual. Their gifts are a reflection of God's goodness. They are the imago Dei. They are the image of God. They are reflecting the image of God. And we can celebrate the good gifts in others. Right? We end up being the focus when we sit there and go, we wish you had this, I wish they had that. I wish they weren't this. I wish they weren't like, no. God made them. God created them with a reflection of his own gifts. So if we sit and we put God in the center and we look at somebody, then we can say, oh, they're reflecting the image of God. It puts, we put ourselves in the right place. So three ways we can be confident in God's character, how God's character changes us. The first one was confidence in God's character changes our relationship with God. Confidence in God's character changes our relationships with ourselves. Confidence in God's character changes our relationship with others. 
we have some time here. So I, I want you to, to take just a few seconds and, and, and reflect on that. What is God saying to you as you think about these three ideas? That confidence in God's character changes your relationship with God. Changes your relationship with others. Changes your relationship with yourself. Sometimes we get going so fast when we're teaching that we don't give that space to really reflect on that. Right? His character changes us. I love this quote by Joe Saxton. You've probably heard me quote it in various different ways. I don't know if you can quote other people's quotes different ways. I think you're supposed to actually say what they say, but the quote is this. Joe Saxon says, when we know whose we are, we know who we are. When we know who we are, we can be who we were meant to be. When we know who we are and we know who, who when we know whose we are, we know who we are, when we know who we are, we can be who we were meant to be. Whose we are. We belong to the Father, Son, and Spirit. We no longer belong to the world. Huge. This is what we've been talking about all this whole message. The character of God. We belong to the Father, the Son, and Spirit. We no longer belong to the world. Who we are. We're a child of God. You are a son or a daughter of the king. We're no longer sons and daughters of disobedience. You know whose you are. You know who you are. And now you can be who you were meant to be. You can walk in wholeness with all your gifts with purpose and passion. You can walk in wholeness in all your gifts and we'll discover what those gifts are to come, but you'll be able to do it with purpose and passion the way you were meant to be. As we wrap up, I have a couple application thoughts. Number one, what adjustments do you need to make in the way that you see and respond to the character of God? What tweaks, adjustments do you need to make in the way that you see and respond to the character of God? 
Number two, name the lies that you believe about your identity based on wrong views of God's character. What are the lies that you believe about others? So name the lies that you believe about your identity. Right? And when they're not aligned with God's, we have to address them. What do you believe about others? What are the lies you believe about others? Because when we don't think about that, that it's a lie, then we're placing the wrong image of God on people. And then the last one, know that God has a plan and purpose for each of your gifts. Take time to discover your unique gifts and how to steward them. We didn't talk about this, but I'm kind of pushing you into the the series here, okay? The heart and the goal behind this series is to help us learn more about how God has uniquely wired us, how he's gifted us to reflect the goodness and bring the um, the light and the reality of the kingdom of God inside and outside the church. So, we're going to invite you to take this inventory, a spiritual gifts inventory. It's called the Every Gift Inventory. Um, Can you pop that up there, Jimin? It's about 20 minutes long, an online assessment. Uh, It's free, okay? We all like free, and most of us like tests like this, inventories. this will be online, and then you can go to the website, and there's a link to that, and we'll put a link on the Missio Mondays as well. But what it does is uh, it's a spiritual gifts test, um, and its, it's language and its intention is, is that it, it has a broader application um, than just inside the church. So... When you've completed the, the assessment, um, I'm gonna, we're going to ask you to write, uh, there's a code at the end where you write Missio Community, all lowercase, uh, so you can learn how, our, so we can learn how our community is uniquely wired. So you individually will get kind of the, the results, and then when you punch in Missio Community in the code, then that actually sends just the results to, not with the names or anything, but as a whole, we'll compile what the unique gifts that we actually as a community have together. And then Dom's going to kind of walk us through some of those, those wirings and what we're, we're talking about. Um, it's not just a spiritual gifts inventory, it's, and it's not just a working gifts inventory. It's, it's a consolidation of both. The language is going to be new, and you're going to be like, this doesn't look like what it says in the Bible. We'll get there, okay? Um, and then don't worry about the results right away. Okay, we'll get to that. But take that in the next two weeks or so. Um, take the time to do it. It's going to take about 20 minutes. So those are the, 
the three applications. The first one was asking, what adjustments do you need to make in the way that you see and respond to the character of God? And the second was, name the lies that you believe about your identity based on wrong views of God's character. What are the lies that you believe about others? And then that last one is like, go take that inventory and we're gonna learn more about the gifts. As we wrap up this time, um, I wanna remind you of this, and it, it might sound cheesy, but, but it's true. Sometimes truths are cheesy. You are a gift. Each and every one of you are a gift. You have been given good gifts from a good God. You have been given good gifts from a good God. You know, one of those ultimate gifts that we all have been given and we can receive is salvation. The gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. Um, you know, each week we come to the table and I'm going to ask the, the worship team to come up and we're going to go into a time of communion. But each week we come to the table and this table represents a gift. The gift of God's, Jesus' body broken for us and his blood shed for us, for our salvation, for our redemption. When we eat and drink these communion elements, that's what we're declaring. So just if, if you haven't made this declaration as Christ as your Lord and Savior, then I'm going to ask you just to, to observe, and that's fine. And if you have more questions um, and want to know more about what this actually means, Christ's sacrifice for you, um, come find me. Come find the staff or others that you know are walking with Jesus and ask them about it. Last week, Dom introduced us to this corporate confession. And, and so before we receive communion, I'm going to ask that we pray this uh, prayer together. So if you're able to um, and you can stand up, please uh, stand with me. And we're going to pray this prayer. And after we pray, I'm going to give you some time to reflect and confess on your own. And then Kelly will invite us to the table when we're ready, and those will be available for you. So would you uh, pray this prayer together? Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and our neighbor through our own fault in thought, in word, in deed, in what we have done, in what we have left undone, for the sake of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, forgive us all our offenses, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your God. Amen.